welcome to That Geek Pod. I'm Catherine and this week joining me, Jimmy Dice from Scruffy Looking Podcasters. How are you going, Jimmy? I am doing so well, Catherine. Thanks for having me on. Dialing in all the way from the great state of Maine on this very sunny Friday afternoon. Well, you know, today is going to be a sunny day here as well. It's going to get to 30, 31 degrees Celsius, so haven't done the conversion Oof. on that, but um, yeah, that's hot. That's hot. That's hot. <laughs> it's actually, it's uh, 30, 31 here as well, actually, at this very moment, <laughs> uh, but that's Fahrenheit, not, not Celsius, so it's a little bit colder. Yeah, nah, don't do that. Yeah, that's hover, it's hovering around zero for you right now. Yeah. I did see it snowed in Disneyland a couple of days ago. It did. It snowed down in Florida. It snowed down in Texas. Uh, it snowed in California. Yeah. It's outrageous. Yeah. Outrageous. <laughs> um, you may not have noticed, but this is actually episode 69. So, oh, there you go. <laughs> Sorry, I just got really excited. That's that's amazing. It's appropriate that I'm here, I guess. Yes. Uh, excellent. So, yes, it's going to be a sunny day here. All heating up. And, oh, my God. Picard. Season three of Picard. How have you been feeling it? Uh, I've been feeling it quite well, to be honest. Um the first two seasons of Picard, uh, first season, very milk toast. Second season, didn't even get a rewatch, nothing. And this third season, they finally figured it out. They dialed it in. All we want is starship porn. Oh, yeah. this Right? There was a moment in the third episode, watching it last night, where I just went, this was what we wanted. This was it. <laughs> yeah. Like I want to see photon torpedoes. I want to see. I want to see them beautiful warp nacelles. I want to see uh, uh, starships in action. I want to see Starfleet uniforms. Like f for me, like that was, that's always been and Star Trek for me, is like all the spaceship battles and all of that, all of that stuff. That's why Grand Admiral Thrawn and and like the Imperial Navy was always kind of like my favorite thing in, in Star Wars universe as well. Cause I like the big fleet battles, you know, I like the big military army space, naval engagements and all that stuff. So for, for Picard on this one, it, it just, it just nailed it right on the head. I mean, every, every episode this season thus far, we're what, is this the third episode that we're yep. into? Yeah. And there's only gonna be what, eight? Oh, I think so. Oh, I haven't wow. looked actually. I haven't looked either. I don't even know how many episodes are in each one. I think eight's in Mando season three, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty standard for Mando, eight a season. Mm. I think Picard's been around like the eight or ten type of mark. Um, but yeah, this this has been great. You're right. The Starfleet, you know, spaceships following each other, playing hide and seek in a nebula. Um, right. That's that's it for me. Um, yeah, and I've really I've liked some of the new characters that we've been introduced to in the first two seasons. Like Rios, he was great, mm. but nah, this this was I think what I wanted. I know it's fan service you to get the band back together, but dude, it's been a it's been a long time. Yeah, it, 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 I almost feel like age and technology as like filming technology they didn't quite meet together at the same time right like i feel like this series would have been i guess for me i wish this series was made 10 years ago or like yes. five years ago yes. you know what i mean yes and I, I not not that. to say that age is a it, you know not to say that age means anything age is a number you know but our, our TNG characters, they're getting a bit long in the tooth, you know? Yeah. I mean, War, Worf looks great. Let's just say, look, I mean, come on. You, you hear that, that Star Trek V Final Frontier Klingon theme come in when he saves Raffi from the, um, the, our odd little Ferengi we get. Yeah. 
oh, Worf is the best. And can we just say, when he had his usual Worf dry humour of beheadings are on Wednesday, I just <laughs> killed myself laughing and I want it on a T-shirt because it'll just be completely out of context. It is- beheadings are on Wednesday. I like that. I like that. That's a good band name. That's a good episode title. That's a good T-shirt. It just, it works. Worf is awesome. You know, like he's gone all silver, which, you know, surprises me because um, Klingons do have a slight, do have a longer lifespan, but oh, he's he's awesome. Like, Worf's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just coming in and taking no prisoners, just battleth. Everyone, Batleth, Batleth, mm-hmm. Batleth, kill you, Batleth, kill you with a knife, Batleth, Batleth. Well, he had, uh, and uh, in, of course, they had the, the duck tog in the uh, latest episode when he throws it at Raffi's feet. Also, speaking of which, new characters. I, I, I like Raffi. Yeah. Raffi was cool, you know? I, I feel like she had a good, despite me not really caring too much for season two, I feel like, okay, she, cool, she's on the straight and narrow. She's got a Starfleet uniform on now. Like, she's going to be, like, all right, she's back in, back on track. And then we find her beginning of season three, like, right back where she was in season one, just, like, on a lot of drugs, life is falling apart, doing stuff for, like, Starfleet security, Starfleet intelligence. But at the same time, uh, it's, like... She's still struggling with the same stuff that happened um, in season one, kind of thing. And not that you know, I'm, I'm ready to like move beyond it, but like I want to see more to Raffi. Yeah, and we got part of a conversation there with like her ex-husband talking about their son and how she makes the choice, you know, of Starfleet over the family. She seems Mm -hmm. to always make that decision. And that's sort of it in terms of the insight into Raffi. But you're right, she's a great character. Different. Very, very different. I like her attitude. Uh, I like in this this past episode, now that she's paired with Worf now, I feel like there's going to be a lot of really good chemistry between them, as I think there already is, right? Because it's almost like they have like the good cop, bad cop thing going on. Where real Worf is playing the good cop, I mean, he's really not the good cop. Oh, you know? no. He has his chamomile tea. I thought that was uh, interesting. Chamomile tea. <laughs> I'm surprised it wasn't prune juice. Oh, man, if they did prune juice, I just... Uh, oh. It's outrageous. I, I, couldn't have, I couldn't have done that. I, I, that would have been absolutely outrageous. But um, we're waiting for it, aren't we? Right? Oh, there's there's got to be a, a shout-out. At some stage, you know, they go to a bar and yeah, he'll order prune juice. God, wolf. Prune juice, chilled. But yeah, God. we've um, we've seen most of the crew. And it's been great to see seven of nine interacting with the crew. Actually, the crew of uh, the Titan A. Yeah, well, crew of the Titan A and the crew of um, you know, the Enterprise. So interacting with Riker and. And Picard, obviously, you know, and Crusher, you know, so she's starting to interact with the, the original TNG characters, and she's holding it's, her own. She is, she is. I, I'm, I'm excited to see more of it. Um, uh, I love seeing Seven in this role as the first officer, number one, to this asshole Captain Shaw, and uh, I think, I think it's Shaw weirdly. Is growing on me. Look, he's a dick, but he's not wrong. No, he's not wrong. He's like, why? Why are we out here for a couple of old men that want to get into some hijinks? Like, what, what's going on out here? Yeah, like he was doing, you know, quote unquote, the right thing. He was. He was being a dick about it, but he was doing the right thing. By the and, book. Yeah, by the book, and then. Uh, yeah, well, that, well, the that 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 right there, right here, actually. Delay that, Admiral's orders. 
That was my favorite line. I did the special clip just for this. I, I that was my favorite line in episode two when he looks and sees Crusher, and and they make that connection where it's like, "This is my son." Um, so what's really special about that moment when Picard, you know, goes belay that, that look that he gives our girl Gates, our Lady Gates McFadden. Or Dr. Beverly Crusher is the same look that they exchanged in uh, Encounter at Farpoint, first episode ever. Picard walks onto the bridge. She's got Wesley Crusher in the turbo lift. And if you go back and watch that episode, it's the same look that she gives him and he gives her back. And it's just like, I haven't seen you in forever. And it's just like that, that, that connection there that'll just, that, that candle, that fire that'll just never, never burn away. They're destined for each other. They are. They absolutely are. And as, you know, Picard not being a good dad, whatever, he was surrogate dad to Wesley. He He, was. Yes. He did a good job, or well, I, I, I let's well let's yeah, let's not say he did a good job. Let's say um he <laughs> let's just say he tried when he could, you know. Yeah. It was a given thought. It just wasn't his number one priority, and that was really emotional listening to him talk to talk to 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 um to Beverly about. It's like you didn't even give me a choice in the matter. I mean, she did have a great point. If people knew that this was his son, then he would always have a black mark on his. On, on his back, always. Yeah, yeah. that people would be trying to get to Jean-Luc through his son. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but, okay, I love it's, it's bringing all the feels. However, the actor they chose to cast as Jack, he's in his 30s. He's quite clearly in his 30s. <laughs> It's meant to be 20 years old. I'm sure there's 20-year-old actors they could have cast. Was it Ed Spelliers, I think his name is? I, I don't know what yeah. the, how to pronounce his name. but yeah. um... I, I just know him as Jimmy from um, Downton Abbey. <laughs> okay. All right. See, Christopher would have known that one. I'm not, yeah. I'm, a, I'm not a Downton Abbey fan. I'm not, not to say I'm not a fan. I just haven't seen it, rather. Yeah. But... Uh, uh, yeah, I I had the, that question as well. I was like, wait, how old are you? When did this take place? And they say like what twenty years, so he should be like a twenty yeah. a twenty year old. Mm, yeah. No, no. See, he's pushing like a hard twenty seven, and that's like iffy. But really, he's. I mean, let's see how old. Uh, what what does the internet tell me for uh, the age? He's thirty four years old, actually. Wow, interesting. I didn't think he was. I thought he was a little bit older, but yeah, a thirty-four-year-old man trying to like, it'd be like me trying to throw myself off as a as a twenty-year-old. Not that I'm thirty-four. I'm a little bit older than that, but not too far off. It's just, nah, I don't know. Yeah, like it's, and that's why in the first sort of week or two weeks up until yeah that look, I was like. Maybe he's not Picard's son because it doesn't make sense with the 20-year gap unless there's some kind of time shenanigans that have happened. Time travel. Yes. <laughs> always an issue. Always could be an option. Uh, wormhole, uh, temporal yeah. something. Mirror universe. Oh, definitely. She is a mirror crusher for sure. <laughs> Yeah, we've got to get you know, some confirmation of the Terran, the ter- if either of them are Terran. Um, so Terrans are very sensitive to light, far more sensitive to light than us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why all it, the bridges it, are all dark. Yep, yep. If there was a Terran in this new series, this season of Picard, who would it be? And, and just the first three episodes we've seen thus far not like any logic assigned to it but who do you think would be make a good Terran like undercover evil character I mean Shaw's too obvious he's been a dick because <laughs> let's face it in Discovery season one no one suspected um, K-9 
Captain Lorca, Jason right. Isaacs. God, that was awesome. I still want him back in Discovery. God, I know. He was the best. They just announced the final. This is going to be the last season of Discovery. Not to sidetrack real quick, but maybe, maybe, what if he comes back as like the oh. evil guy? Nah, it he doesn't make sense. Great. They're like nine hundred years in the future. Nah, never mind. Never yeah. mind. Never mind. I mean, when we're not seeing Michelle Yeoh again, she's she's not coming back to Star Trek Discovery. Nope. Nope. Does it warrant um, her own show though? Things have gone very quiet on that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, people want starship porn. That's why Bra uh, A Strange New Worlds. I won't say Brave New World. <laughs> uh, Strange New Worlds is doing great with my man, Captain Pike, Anson Mount. Oh, space saddie. Like. <laughs> That's heard. He's amazing. <laughs> Yes, he he's a great actor in everything that he does. I I saw I saw him as um, the first ex my, my first Anson experience was with uh, Hell on Wheels. It was a post American Civil War western about building of the Intercontinental Railroad from the West Coast to the East Coast, and uh, all of that jazz. And he just excellent, excellent old grudgy cowboy. And we see him too. First episode of Strange New Worlds, riding a horse. Like, come on. Give me a break. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. And his hair is just perfectly quaffed at all times. Yes. That is a, that is a, a, a dream that we can all can only aspire to achieve with, with one's, oh. one's locks. <laughs> yes. But it was revealed in season, in episode three, the big bad are the changeling. Were you were as excited as I was? I mean, yeah. That, that I, I was more. I wasn't excited at first. I was just like, "What the fuck? Is it okay I if was, I swear on this?" Changeling, changeling, changeling. <laughs> Is it changeling! okay that I swear? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I couldn't. Uh, I. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yes, I did. I did one of those, and I, because I, I, I watched it with my wife. And uh, I was like, are you kidding? And she had no idea. She was, uh, she's just kind of watching it with me as uh, we were watching something beforehand. And she stuck with, was like, wait, who's that? And I was like, don't you remember Star Trek DS9? She like watched a few with me way back in the, way back in the day. And uh, she's like, oh, is it the guy who can like change into a bird? And I was like, yeah, that's Odo, but not really. But hey, we got a, we got a Odo reference too. Yes. And I'm like, whoa, what? An old friend from the Great Link. What, like, what is this? honorable man right that was oh. so cool to hear because you know we all know Worf's uh uh very uh anxious start to Worf and Odo's relationship yeah. at first when they when they both came on and come to find out they're you know love and respect each other kind of thing oh that's so cool I love it that you know most people on DS9 had a fraught relationship at, at the start mm-hmm mm. yo yeah Definitely. But, yeah, having oh, – and then Dominion War references. I'm like, finally, they're acknowledging the Dominion War. Actually happened. I know. That always kind of bothered me. Like, it was such a big deal in DS9. And then um, afterwards, like, a, 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 a scant mention in the first contact and uh, another barely – barely bare mention in um, Insurrection. I kind of forget about that one. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I guess it would have been cool to see more of that like interweaving of, of the franchises. Yeah. Because, yeah, the Dominion War would have had such serious complications on the Federation. It, you know, it, it strained relations between humans and Vulcans and it had the Romulans working with them, but you know, only through Cisco's. It's a fake. Oh my god! In the pa in a pale moonlight, I think that's, that's yep. the episode. Yep. Oh, one such of one of my favorites. The Romulans are one of my favorite, favorite, favorite uh, antagonists ever. I love their theme song. Like when season one Picard came out, I was so jazzed when they played. 
the dun 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 at the end of i think it's the first episode we're on the borg cube i was like wait romulans and borg like what the heck oh the borg i'm still sad they killed hugh yeah that was yeah that was rough that was that was kind of sad oh i'm actually kind of Sad, upset they killed off the uh, other guy too, and I can't even remember his name. Elam. Yes. No, it wasn't. Yes. It was something like that from Voyager. Egypt. You know, Egypt, Egypt. Yeah, I was yeah. so like I was so we we got a half second glimpse of his actor and character. Like, I, come on, give us like a, a couple minutes. You know. Yeah. Because if they wanted a storyline about X Borg, let's have a storyline with. Borg, we know, like Echep and Hugh, like how they deal with it. I mean, Hugh had to deal with with the virus he took back to the collective. Mm. You know, the repercussions of what he unwittingly did. And Echep, yes, he left the Borg behind and became, you know, a member of the Voyager crew, but he could never fully leave it. Like, yeah, all his implants and all that was still there. He's linked to Seven. He he donated parts to Seven yeah. in Voyager. It's right. Um, oh, good memory on that one. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, I don't have the um, you know, big companion books for nothing. That's the <laughs> best way to rewatch the series was read the companion books. Ooh, yep. Yep. See I had all the uh uh old encyclopedias. Mm. From back in the day, and it was all uh, the best I got out of those were like just the black and white glossy photos of um, the uniforms. Oh yeah, and those are those are those were super great. I always really enjoyed going through those. Yeah, and I do see your model of um, DS Nine back there. Oh yeah, sure, sure. I I forgot what the like what the brand or like line. It wasn't Micro Machine. It was something else, but. That was one of my favorite toys growing up, was that DS9, because the scale between the DS9 and my micro machines were close enough to, like, make it work for my, like, you know, whatever thought play I was doing way back in the day. Like, whenever we lost power, because, you know, up here in the great state of Maine, we lose power quite often when the big winter storms roll through. And um, it, I would always just play with my micro machines. Star Wars micro machines with like the Millennium Falcon playset, or my Star Trek micro machines, and I'd play with the DS9 because I was right around when um, the Way of the Warrior came out too, parts one oh, and two, yeah. right? When Worf yes. came, they they thought they had to save Star Trek DS9, so let's bring in Michael Dorn kind of thing. Yeah, and he was a good. I think he was an okay ad. I don't think it was necessary though. Like right at that point, DS9 was really coming into their own. I mean, it took three seasons. Look, it took three seasons of Picard to, to figure yeah. it out, and it took three seasons of DS9. And same thing with uh, TNG as well. The first season was like, yeah. Second one, mm, third yeah. one, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. With um, with yeah TNG, that second season was yeah not good. Very badly affected by a writer's strike, I think. Yes, um, that's right. With DS9, once they let Cisco shave his head and grow the goatee, <laughs> you know you're in for a good time. Yep, yep. Well, I, I remember, um, did you did you watch the documentary that came out a couple of years ago? It was like maybe right around the start of COVID. Um, they did a documentary because it was like the 20-year anniversary when DS9 came out or something like that. Don't think so. That might have been one of those ones where it was just not available here. I should have another look now that Paramount Plus is more of a thing. Yeah, I would check it. It's uh, it was, came out in 2018. It's called What We Left Behind, looking back at Star Trek. And it was Ira Stephen Bear. Yeah. Um, and he goes and, ex- and, and explains like all the back behind the scenes of a whole bunch of stuff. Um, they had it. Over here in the U.S., they had it in the movie theaters for like a limited run, and I went with my brother because we used to tape them all on VHS when we were little. Tape it right off the broadcast TV and like pause it for the commercials. Yeah. We knew there was going to be like a good episode coming out, so we would like make sure the VHS was recorded in SP mode so that it was like the best quality, even though (laughs) we only got two hours of tape out of it instead of six. 
Oh. Those were those were the days. The youth of today, they'll have no idea. Well, you know, for me it was it would come on at late night, like eleven thirty or something. However, it would come on after a show here called The Footy Show, um, which was a live uh, in Victoria AFL show, you know, hosted by one journalist and a whole lot of ex players. And it was incredibly popular there in the 90s and it would run all over time every week. So I would have no idea what time the show would start. It was that great, okay, I'll set the record for about this time and I'll let it get maybe an extra hour to record. Yep. The juggle. The juggle of it was just unbelievable. Those were the yeah. days, right? Now, did you take that tape and then get a second v- VCR set up so that then you could like tape off of the tape so that you could like fast forward through it and like retape over it? <laughs> no, I'm I'm not the professional that that you are. <laughs> I am. Um, I was the person who would hire the the VHSs from the video shop. You know, where you get two episodes on one tape, you know, bring yep. it home or you you get them as a three-day hire, watch them and then, you know, return them. That's how I got through a lot of the series. Nice. was through the VHSs. Um, sometimes that would be ahead of releasing on the t- television. Oh, because they would have broadcast in the U.S. beforehand. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Oh, that's exciting to get. So did you ever have that uh, instance where you were watching it before it came on TV? Yeah, I think, yeah, I did because I at a Star Trek convention I went to. Jealous. Um, so jealous. It, it was very small. Somebody was mentioning something that happening of Voyager finale or something and the rest of the crowd lost their minds because it hadn't come out on on yeah oh, broadcast television no. here yet they <sighs> were mad <laughs> i can imagine because there were a lot of things about that that uh those last episodes of voyager that made me angry but um, oh yeah <laughs> let's wrap this up really fast yep. analogically uh, oh, and get seven and chakotay together for no reason even though we've been teasing chakotay and janeway for yeah. seven freaking seasons what, what? It, <sighs> you know if if janeway didn't have enough to hate seven of nine i mean jerry ryan i mean kate mulgrew <laughs> hating jerry ryan um i think they've gotten over that but yeah they've definitely gotten over it now yeah but i remember that whole that whole tiff of the uh yeah. what was it yeah that whole thing and it's like, man, you really have, you, t- you take a Janeway's man away from her. <laughs> Remember the episode with Q, John Delancey was on the Voyager app. Well, one of the, he was on a couple yeah. of them, but he was jealous that Janeway was into Chakotay. And it's like, why does he have a face tattoo? Mine's bigger. And it's just like this <laughs> giant Maori tattoo just covering his entire face and neck for that one shot that they did. And it's like, oh my God, that was too funny. Oh, Q and Janeway played off each other so well. They Q did. worked well on Voyager. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was a good fit. I, and I loved like the, the episode that William T. Frakes Riker came in as like a quick little like in and out uh, uh, guest appearance kind of thing, you know. Yeah. That was awesome. That was great. The only thing I liked about season two of Picard, um, bringing us back to Picard, was John Delancey. Every scene with Q and Picard together, I, I relished it. It was it was great. Their banter back and forth is it's uh, it's second to none in, in yeah. some of the best Star Wars Star Wars <laughs> Star Trek banter. <laughs> the joy of just seeing two good actors just eating the scenery together or just bouncing off each other is just it just can't be matched. You mm-hmm. don't need anything else to happen just good dialogue two good actors yeah john delancey and patrick stewart just bringing it together yeah 
no, that was that was cool. And the, the embrace at the end, that was a little weird. Like when Picard hugged him, oh, Q, you're not alone. And it's like, don't you do remember he like murdered a bunch of people in the Enterprise D2 at one point. He like vaporized one ensign or something like that, just like popped him into thin air. It's like, what about that guy or gal? I can't remember who it was. But uh, yeah, it's it's um, yeah, that was the only redeeming quality of season two. Yeah. Our man Q. And he did make them all hang out in Sherwood Forest for a while. <laughs> My God, that's right. I did. I never the Charles Barkley episodes. Can we just say I'm glad Barkley isn't in Picard? Do you not like Barkley? Do you like Barkley? Am I insulting oh. you because you secretly are like a bar like you're shipping Barkley in somebody right now? And and uh, I, I, sh- I, I relate to Barkley. You never liked them. I, I relate to him. I I know where he's coming from. I liked him more in um in Voyager. Yes. He, yeah, he came into his own, and mm-hmm. but what I thought for a Star Trek character, he, you know, especially on Next Generation very unique because everyone on next generation is shown as completely competent and capable and and together barkley not so much true that's true i mean he's and and that's and you're right he did bring he brought that really special like emotional standpoint to everybody around him and it was really cool seeing everybody react like seeing jordy react or whatever he would go off on his thing is like he'd be like Barkley, or like, uh, what was his nickname for him? I forgot. Um, broccoli. Yeah, yeah, broccoli. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I mean, I, I, I loved uh, Barkley's uh, best um, appearance for me in Star Trek was in First Contact when he was talking to um, what's his name, um, the guy who invented war drive. Oh my god. Oh, Cochrane. Oh, yes, Zephyrin Cochrane. And yeah. he was like, it was just so nice to meet you, sir. And it was like, the statue was just great and, or whatever. And, and then he like freaks out and runs. And then Riker has to phaser him. <laughs> and he's like, you told him about the statue? <laughs> like, that was great. Can I just shake your hand? And the guy's like, get out of here. Oh, my God. Oh, uh, James Cromwell. Another yeah, great addition. Another great actor, yeah. Yeah, I mean James Cromwell's greatest role was in Babe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Stuff your LA confidentials, Babe. Sure, sure. That's what That'll made him. That'll do, pig. That's what made That'll him. Do. Indeed. Indeed. Oh. So I wanted to get back to this latest season of Picard. Who <laughs> Sorry. do you think? It, no, 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 no. Who do you? Th- who do you think is, well, we're talking about changelings, right? Mm. At one point, I thought Riker may have been a changeling. Right right it's... towards the end when he's on the bridge and he's like, you've killed us all. And I was like, Jesus, that's kind of harsh to say to the old man, you know? Yeah. And the disagreements between Riker and Picard seem unusual. It's a harsh disagreement, you know what I mean? Like, he's just not willing to listen to him at all. And it's like, does Riker want to run to continuously put them in that trap, right? Because we know there are changelings on board. Yeah, Yeah, um, I was suspecting the Vulcan science officer because it's only her word that, you know, they were in danger, but then it seemed, okay, yeah, we are maybe in danger. Yeah, we're pretty fucked right now. <laughs> You've killed us all, Admiral. Yeah, that's. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they get out of this one. Uh, it's cool that LaForge's daughter is uh, the navigator. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think he has another another daughter as well. I think we saw in like the trailers or something like that where he he has a, another daughter who is taking the engineer track, like like dear old dad. I feel like maybe we'll see him in the next. I mean, there's three episodes, five left. We haven't seen our man Jordy yet. I know. In, I in keep lore. expecting him. I keep yeah. expecting him to come in and like swoop in or save the day or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, you know where I bet we'll see him. I bet we'll see him when 
Rafi and Worf go to Daystrom because they said they're going to go to Daystrom. Yeah. I bet that's yeah. where he is right now. He's there, and that's where Brent Spiner is, and that's where the other LaForge daughter is. And then those two groups are going to link together. Yes. So is Lore the real bad guy, or are the changelings the bad guy, right? Are they going to flip Lore to, like, he's on their team again, therefore we get Data back in some weird way? Or... Is lore manipulating and is the you know the lead low key antagonist again? I can't see the changelings being manipulated by anyone. Right. Yeah. Or this rogue sect of changelings that you know yeah. Worf is thinking yeah. is happening. Will we see any Vorta? Like Wayun. Oh man. Ah. That was Wayun's last clone. I was hoping you'd say that. <laughs> I was so glad when uh, when when Andrew Robinson killed him. Um, yeah, interesting. I would love to, I would love to see a Vorta. Are you kidding me? Oh, founder yeah. or Jem Hadar, seeing him spill through the wormhole. Like, come on, let's let's go. Oh, if if we see DS Nine. I think I'll lose my mind and just be a sobbing mess. And, and my cat will just stare at me like, what are you doing, mum? <laughs> oh. I think, well, it, who, who is left from that cast that we can really see? Well, I guess, I mean, we got Esri, but Esri's not going to hang around there. We got Bashir, Kira, um, Worf. I mean, Odo's gone. and But it's that. If Avery were there, Avery books, I know he's really just like separated himself from the entire Star Trek franchise, you know, probably permanently um, with all of uh, with all of that stuff, which is really too bad because, man, what a great actor and just an amazing Star Trek character that has gone too soon. Yes. I, I've wanted, you know, more Cisco back or us to get a glimpse of what's happening with Cisco for so long. Yeah. I think Kira's still running the space station. Mm. Um, and so if Worf, you know, comes with, with some people, she'll be like, yep, we'll do what you want, Worf, because, you know, she and Worf got on also. Um, oh, God. Now, yes. well, if they if they did do that though, they would have announced Nana Visitor as a, as, a, or or well, or do you think it's just going to be a cameo? Do you think they could just like low key just 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 I throw that right in there unannounced, let people's minds get blown? I think they could because on um, lower decks, she voiced herself when um, that ship whose name escapes me, the Cerritos. Um, Cerritos went yeah. to DS9. She California was. class. Yeah. <laughs> I love that series. Oh, Boiler. Okay, can we can we talk about that episode real quick? I loved yeah. the flyby the Cerritos did of DS9. Oh. And it was like, sir, what do we just keep flying? Just admire <laughs> admire the pylons. <laughs> da, 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 da. Like <laughs> I love just the long montage of like the ship going around because they're obviously making fun of the intro, which long time ago I was like, God, fast forward, fast forward, fast forward. Cause like, this is so long. I can't nowadays just hit one button and skip it, which is mm -hmm. like, God, these kids don't even know what it was like, <laughs> but like, it was so cool. They did that. And also, or in, I think it was the first season when Boimler had the holodeck of the, of the crew to like get to know them or whatever his promotion. And they did the, the Star Trek two wrath of Khan, like um, montage of flying around the Cerritos and space dock. And like the engineer guy just starts crying. <laughs> it was, it was, see, that's why lower decks is so good because your casual viewers be like, what is going on? This is like silly. And the hardcore Star Trek, the Trekker, or the Trekkie, however you want to put it, is just freaking out and just dying of laughter. It's just so funny. Because it's got such hard sci-fi in it, as well as being funny, but it references everything so well and correctly. Mm. 
And they do. They the do such a better class? job than the sequel trilogy of Star Wars. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I don't want to bring that up. <sighs> Star Trek. Star Trek. Back on Star Trek. Yeah. yeah. The bizarre little um, connection there to my other, you know, favorite show, Survivor, is that there's two writers, or there were two writers on it, who are former players: David okay. Wright and John Cochran. John Cochran won. But sure. yeah, they were like writers and and producers and stuff. Nice, nice. Yeah. So you know, we'll um, speaking of Laura Dex, Boimler, and um, oh my yeah. god, I for, I forgot her name, lead act lead actress character. Yeah. Uh, uh, totally Mariner, 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 and Boimler. Yeah. They're gonna have a cameo episode on Strange New Worlds. You saw you read um, about that, right? Yeah, I read about that and went, I don't know how this works because they're in two different timelines, but I don't care because... It's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. Jack Quaid is Boiler. I mean, Boiler. Yeah. Boimler. Yeah, I can't say it. I can't say it. (laughs) But yeah, you know, like he's my um, avatar on Amazon Prime here, um, Jack Quaid. Because um, of the boys, but also uh, here, at least at first, um, Lower Decks was on um, Amazon Prime here. So, yeah, he's my he's my avatar. Nice. Purple yeah. hair. Purple hair for life. I wish I could have pull off. That's, see, that's a quaff I wish I could pull off. I'm trying here. I'm trying to, I'm trying to grow something out for, for celebration, but we'll, we'll, see, we'll see how it goes. Um, but... Uh, Beckett Mariner, Tawny Newsom, or whatever, she's been on like on the Star Trek uh, cruise, and they just did a Star Trek cruise down in wherever. And um, she also just she's going to nail Beckett in live action. It's it's probably going to be like that that weird episode when the Doctor had um, everybody turn into that the medieval character that wrapped up the Doctor's uh, in, in Strange New Worlds that wrapped up his daughter's arc who was just living in the transporter yeah. buffer because she had that incurable illness. Yeah, I'm hoping it'll just be like that, you know, like the X Files. You know, X Files always had that one episode that just like never mattered to any plotline or story. It just like existed yeah. and it was hilarious. Star Trek kind of had those two. Yeah, yeah. Well, they had to. They had like 24 episodes a season to fill. Oh, God, I, I don't. I don't you wish we had that again? Or no? Part of me, yes, because you know the long storylines. Yes, this, um, you know, especially with like this, I love Discovery, but you know, wrapping up the storylines in a season, it just seems very, very rushed. Yeah. But then I remember, oh yeah, there was that episode where Worf went to Riser, and I'm like, yeah, we don't need 24 episodes. Yeah. <laughs> Worf and Dax and Quark. And yeah. Lita and Bashir, yeah, that was a, that was a weird one. Like, I skipped that one when I go through. I skipped through. that one. Mm-hmm. Yep, that doesn't yep. get a rewatch. No, no. But also with the amount of television at the moment, it is insane. So yeah, last night I watched Poker Face, which Escape from Ship Mountain. Fan bloody tastic like oh my god what an hour of television nice and then i also watch picard it's like oh my god just what a night of television viewing but on top of that my week is watching australian survivor which has three episodes a week my friend Three? three episodes a week hot damn they start with 24 contestants and there's some non eliminate episodes to get us up to like a is it 20 episodes total anyway yeah three episodes a week and then they started season 44 of american survivor this week so (laughs) and mando started this week like i'm on you're typed out for television the only thing i'm like Oh, I'm very sad, but Call the Midwife ended this week, so okay, that frees up some time for me. <laughs> you need to get your doppelganger in to take over your day job. Oh, got to watch more TV. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
I was going to ask you, um, oh, so are you a fan of, uh, have you seen like all the American Survivor episodes as well? Yes. Ah, yes. so can I share with you a bit of uh, knowledge that I have of a Survivor champion? Yes, please. So uh, I, th- I forgot what season it was. It was a long time ago now. But Bob Crowley, the guy yeah. who did the fake idol. Yeah. He's my high school physics teacher. <gasps> yeah. Right? That wacky, crazy dude who had a bow tie every day. Also, real life, oh. wears a bow tie every day, no matter what he's doing. It's a bow tie. Always a bow tie. Oh, wow. Oh, my yeah. God. Oh my god. Yeah, he was my honors physics teacher in high school. It's <laughs> <laughs> from the great state of Maine. I know everybody knows everybody in Maine apparently. Yeah, he uh I got to uh, so he has an island in Casco Bay off of uh off of the city of Portland. And his other uh another teacher there who I'm very good friends with. I still actually meet quite often. I've I haven't talked to Bob in in a couple of years, but um his other friend also named Bob. Uh, took us out in his lobster boat, picked up a couple traps, and we went to Crowley's Island. He has an island in Casco Bay. And it's like the, in, it is absolutely as you imagine. This was in 2000, and, <clears throat> I think it was 2006, 2007. No, it was 2006, maybe 2005. And um, we were not, Bob wasn't there at the time. Mr. Crowley was not there. I was calling Mr. Crowley, never called him Bob. And uh, we went to his island, had our little lobster bake there, tree houses, zip lines, uh, giant traps, like, you know, lobster traps and things like that. Yeah. It was like the Swiss family Robinson when you go out to this place. So it made perfect sense that he would be on Survivor. And the fact that he did the fake idol thing, everybody in the entire town just were like, are you kidding me? This is a Bob <laughs> thing to do. Yeah. Oh, oh, my gosh. That's right. So you know, when I when I see you in uh, in in um, celebration, we can we can we can embrace, and you can say, you know, this is this is uh, I've embraced the person who has also embraced Rob Crowley, you know, Survivor Champion. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> I, look, I love I love Survivor, and I very much geek out over anyone survivor related like in podcasts related to survivor and i met king george from australian survivor a couple of years ago oh at comic con josh will tell you i fangirled i fangirled so hard and he's like you could just see josh going what is it going to be like if she has ever meets diego <laughs> <laughs> yeah Wait for Bob Crowley. Uh, this is no King. Um, oh, King, King George. Yeah, yeah, He's yeah, hurt, hurt. in Australian Survivor. He was yeah. in um, Brains versus Brawn. He came second, and he's in the current season of Heroes versus Villains. Australian Ooh. Survivor. Sure. It, which is a was a mix of uh, newbies and returnees, and it included, and still on the cast is Nina daughter of Sandra Diaz Twine, two-time Australian um, Survivor winner. Sure. Ooh, okay. All right. She won Pearl Islands and Heroes versus Villains. So it's having like your daughter play. Back back for more. Yes. Yes. Oh. It's pretty God. badass. It's pretty badass. Oh. The thing that people don't get about Survivor is that it's not about the challenges or anything like that it's social strategy and people who think it's just about the challenges don't get it no don't get it and sometimes that's producers it's it's yeah it's not how well you do stuff it's how well you convince your friend to vote for the other guy or other person you know what i mean to boot them off the island and not you yeah you have to Vote people out, then at the end convince them to give you a million dollars, or in the case of Australian Survivor, is it a quarter of a million dollars. Oh sure, sure. Yeah. Okay. okay. And it's um, 
American Survivor started at 39 days. Uh, season from f- season 41 onwards, it's 26 days. Australian Survivor, is it like 48 days? It's for longer time and for less money? Yep. Yep. Hey, what? It doesn't get taxed, though. There is that benefit. Our, any winnings doesn't get taxed, but... That's actually okay. That's that's not so bad. All right, that's yeah. not so bad. Because I, I mean, if you two hundred like here in the U.S., like two hundred fifty thousand dollars, you'll get like a hundred and fifteen of it at the end. Yeah. Maybe you know, definitely over yeah. half. Yeah, and I think um, because there's now been a couple of Canadian winners of American Survivor, and I think because of their tax laws, they took home more effectively mm. yeah. anyway <laughs> deep dive Australian Survivor sure, it's sure. really really good get it everyone I'm serious this season of Australian Survivor has been utterly utterly amazing I don't normally say this but find some some means some you know quote unquote means to, to watch Australian Survivor some mains. So good. It is it is on Australian Paramount Plus. And perhaps, you know, something like a VPN might help you. Oh sure, sure. You know. Not that uh, I'm not that I'm suggesting anything. Ah, uh, there's some things out there in the dark web that I'm sure anything can happen. So wait, what do you mean about mains? What's Sorry? mains? You said mains. Mains. Sorry, it's the Australian accent. Means. Oh, means. M-E-A-N-S. Oh, no, if you've got some means. Heard. Now heard. It's my Australian <laughs> accent. Have you played Knifey Spoony before? Knifey Spoony? No, what is that? <laughs> Simpsons reference. That's not a knife. This isn't a knife. That's a oh I know I get that reference from Crocodile Dundee. That's like the uh, the only Australian accent um, exposure we got as young children growing up. Crikey, crikey! Everybody's like Lightning Jack Kane. <laughs> Are you getting more with Bluey now? Love Bluey, fucking love Bluey. My kids like Bluey. I like Bluey. Coco Melon can go into a dumpster fire. We don't do Cocomelon. We order 66 Cocomelon in my household. It is only Bluey all the time. Yeah. Sorry, that was a real hard, like, opinion on Bluey, but Bluey is just absolutely great. I'm so glad they finally released the season three because um, they were holding off on that for release in the U.S. for some odd reason. Or is it, like, season four is being broadcast in Australia right now and it's not here? It's only three seasons, right? I think so. I think so. I'm not mm-hmm. up with my Bluey. Yeah. Um, but I'm not up with my that... bluey. <laughs> that's 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 no, that's felt. I'm 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 like neck deep in it right now because my kids are all into it. But it's it's it, for us. It's like it's great because it's also somewhat stimulating and entertaining for adults because they'll just yeah. be, you know. You see them like whatever stump episode they're trying to hack into stump in the yard and like huh the adult dog the adult uh dads all have this giant cooler and they're drinking these sodas from it and the moms are in the house drinking these glasses of lemonade with ice cubes in it and talking very loudly this episode i wonder you know i kids just have no idea but every adult out there is like oh yeah i know exactly what's in those glasses oh yeah that's what makes it fun. Harmless yeah. fun. And the phrase tactical we has now made its way around the world. <laughs> oh, man, that's great. Oh. Good shows. A lot of good stuff coming from Australia. You know what else is going to be coming from Australia? This next Star Wars celebration. Do you think that they're going to announce it there? How cool would that be? I mean, it'd be unreal. It'd be awesome. The two-year gap between this year's celebration and the next makes me go, oh, would they go back to America? Um, seeing as this one's in London. They've had the last three in the US, though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean Australia I'd... would be a stretch, but I feel like they could get that there. 
Yeah, the only issue would be, you know, the volume of people coming. Hmm. You know, would they get people coming and would they, like, as in paying people and would all the people coming for, like, the floor stuff? You know, True. We just, I mean, we've got 26 million people in the country. Like, We've got the floor space. Don't get me wrong. We have the actual convention floor space. Totally. Believe me, we've we've scouted the Melbourne Convention Centre. <laughs> it can be done. It, it's completely doable. The only question is, would would the people come? Right. It's, it's the draw. I mean, it's it's the most remote location to fly for sure. I mean, everybody looks at would be looking at you know, minimum 11 to 13 hour flights at like the closest, you know, coming from West Coast or I bet you get a lot of people from Japan that would show up, people from East Asia, like that would be really cool. Yeah, because that's only roughly like an eight hour flight. So you get get a lot of direct from London and England, like you, you you know, people maybe visiting family relations, you know, relations that they got over there, maybe. I don't know. I'm just looking for an excuse to get out there obviously so that's the thing between like yeah the uk and australia a lot of families have relatives on on either in either country or Mm. friends it's you know you you would make it a holiday but yeah for us to get to the uk so my flight is eight hours to singapore a few hours trans um whatever and then it's a 13 to 14 hours then to London. Whew. So, and there is a, du- a direct flight from the UK, from London to Sydney. How long is I that? ain't doing that. How long is that? I am not doing that. Come on, what's the hours? What are the hours? It's like 22. I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm not. There's not enough Benadryl, NyQuil and brandy in the world that could put me under for that long. You know, they started, oh, yeah, they started doing that um, late 2019. Um, so I think they're back up and running again. They were doing it a bit uh, during like 2021 or 2020, 2021, as trying, with Australians trying to get back. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, it was really hard and Western Australia had a very hard policy because a lot of the flights would be like London to Perth in mm-hmm. Western Australia and then um, hop over, but they had to go um, to Darwin, which is capital of Northern Territory, and then around. So, yeah, it'd be interesting. Is there no direct from like Perth to Melbourne or Sydney? Yeah, yeah, like that's all direct. Um it's just, yeah, the way Perth is, Western Australia, you know, during 2020, 2021, they had hard border, hard border. No, the rest of the country was not getting into Western Australia. Oh, for COVID stuff. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially right. not us Victorians. Um, what is but, the liberals versus conservatives are we talking about here? No, nah, no. Nah. Okay. Like we're, we're not like that it was just a hard we will not elimination method um and mm. really until like 2022 it we yeah we were talking case numbers in the single digits double digits that's it um yeah. but yeah it was a lot of restricted travel and yeah to get into the country you then quarantined for two weeks like in a hotel room or in quarantine facilities and even um like to get into queensland or western australia or northern territory you had to quarantine for two weeks so so the the day before is a march 2020 14 15 16 something like that i played a gig my last gig with my band until we all shut down <clears throat> two days later, we were going to go fly to New Zealand. 
with my seven-month-old daughter, all booked, all planned. Everything was set. Friday, they shut the border. Or no, Friday, we went in state of emergency. Saturday, they shut the border in New Zealand. Saturday was when we were going to fly. So I spent a good five hours on the phone canceling everything on that Friday. But we have, uh, I, I mentioned, um, I mentioned right before we start recording, I'm going to go on holiday next week with the family down to Florida. I'm going to be a Florida man for a week. And uh, yeah, good luck. Good luck, alligators. Here I come. Jimmy Dice is on the way. And um, this will be the test test trip for our kids. But hopefully, uh, be, between, you know, after New Year's next year, we try New Zealand again. There's a direct flight from Boston to Auckland. It's about 17 hours. Yeah. And uh, I, for, for, for me, like, for that long of a trip, I want it done in one hit. Me, yeah. I can do it. I mean, maybe me in 20 years probably can't do it. Yeah, it's 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 a long it's a long friggin' trip and a long friggin' way away. So, though I do hope celebration is there. I mean, we'll just see what they have to say in uh, in London in a couple of weeks. We're like a month away. How happy oh and God. stoked are you for celebration in a month? It is like a month until I fly out. Oh my God! <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be so awesome. We're gonna have such a good time. Are you kidding me? Yes. Yes, it's gonna be, it's gonna be insane. Yes, it's that's just, the best part. It's, it comes so quickly. It, I know. It comes so comes and goes. Comes and goes. I mean, I because I, I, I wasn't able to, to go to Anaheim because uh, my best friend's wedding, who, got delayed because of COVID. Separate times of year, right? Original yeah. celebration, his wedding, both rescheduled, same date. Saxon, and I was at his wedding. Of course, I'm not gonna say no to my best friend even though i like gently reminded him a few times like do you know where i could fucking be right now (laughs) (laughs) so i missed out on hanging with all you people and everybody last time but not this time yeah yeah with all us australians just constantly saying how cold it is with our beanies I think I made a joke about you freezing in the middle of a street or something like that because you guys were, uh, I can't remember where that was a while ago. I was like, oh, I'm going to watch all the Australians freeze in the streets in the the April weather in London. Joking, of course. Uh, Yeah, you're going to. (laughs) (laughs) So are you a Bovril fan? Do they have Bovril down in Australia? I've heard this is, it's like this meaty drink and I'm really stoked and excited to try it. Should I be excited? Oh, Ugh. no, no, no. Kevin Christopher said that this is like one of the the, the staples of uh, English culture. <laughs> That's what they told me. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure we could find it here, but yeah, nah, nah, nah. Too 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 nah. good to import. <laughs> That's it, right? <laughs> nah, not for me. What about uh, your thoughts on Marmite? Because you have Marmite. They have Vegemite. No, or no we you have, have Vegemite. Not. They have Marmite. Yeah. God damn it. This is where the battle lines begin. Oh, yes. Do tell, please. <laughs> well, it's that, you know, which is better. And, of course, Australians will say Vegemite. But the thing is, is that with both of them, you can't spread too much, especially with your first taste. Because Ooh, the yeah. taste is... It's aggressive. Yeah. Aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. The, <clears throat> yeah. Um, first time I had it was in New Zealand, 2015. We were on a Lord of the Rings um, set tour. We visited all the sites in North and South Island and uh, saw this little thing of Vegemite. I love toast, just like the next person. And I take the and I'm usually like a big butter person on my toast. I take the whole thing and I put it on the singular piece of toast, the entire thing of Vegemite. And I'm just like, oh man, this is gonna be just like a nice, like savory butter. I'm sure salty. I can do. I love salty. And I take like a giant bite into it. And I was like, oh, this was um, this was uh, this was this was quite something, quite something indeed. I took it all down. I swallowed it. 
I uh, probably had to drink like 10 gallons of water for the next rest of the day. And I really couldn't have a taste for it for the rest of the trip. But I did try it a few more times. But man, it is, gosh, that is aggressive. Whereas me, yeah, I'm teaspoon in the Vegemite, whole teaspoon. Um, nom, 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 what? Oh my God. Yeah. Do you like mix it with your Bovril? Or would you mix it with a Bovril? Ah, straight. Nom, 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 nom. Stop it. Really? Oh. It's great. Uh. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, man. I All right. All right. Well, we'll we'll have to try it. We'll have that and the black pudding and the white pudding and the roasted tomatoes. So roasted tomatoes and uh, cooked beans. Is that also a traditional breakfast uh, down under? Yeah. Yeah. That's something you can get. Um, yeah. Baked beans and... I, listen, no, I'm not, I'm not poo-poo and baked beans. Get it? See what I did there? Um, <laughs> I, I love baked beans. Baked beans actually is a very like um, um, traditional meal in the in the, uh, in the state of Maine up here. It's a Saturday night thing. Pork and beans. Usually have like a hot dog or a sausage or some baked beans. But it's usually like a dinner thing, not not a breakfast thing. Yeah. What can I tell you? A yeah, hearty no, meal to true. start the day. I know. I know. We're going to have a lot of cho- choices, a lot of options. I did notice there were two Derner spots kind of nearby, I think, where we're staying. I don't even know where we're staying. I have no idea. I'm staying with Christopher. That's all I know. He's got a place somewhere. He knows a guy with a room. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure Christopher knows a guy. He knows a guy. He's a, he's a man who knows people, from what I hear. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Jimmy. Really appreciate it. Where can the good people of the internet find you? Uh, you can find us in all of the most popular dating apps. Christian Mangle. <laughs> uh, no, just kidding. You can find us, uh, Scruffy Looking Podcasters. We're on Twitter. We're on Spotify. Uh, we're on Facebook. Forget about Facebook. Just check us out on Twitter and Spotify. Um, there are three or four of us great hosts, Ed, Kev, Christopher, and myself, Jimmy. And just like to have a good time talking about Star Wars and enjoying our time with all of our friends. So, Catherine, thank you for having me on. This has been a real pleasure. I'm so glad we were able to make the time difference work. It's 7 a.m. for you, 3 in the afternoon for me. You are making the biggest sacrifice for this on a Saturday morning at 7 a.m. So thank you. I really appreciate it. It's so good to be here. And I can't wait to give you a big hug in a month. I can get up to podcast. Getting up for work is a whole other question. Oh, yeah. Work, forget about it. Hit the snooze. Well, thank you again. And that geek pod will return.